I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. And we're here. We're here. Greetings, travelers. Greetings. I think I forgot to say that on one of them. So that's, I, yeah, it's I, okay. I, I, got, I got some feedback on that. That wasn't fun. So, you know, I'm sorry, gang. You're always welcome here. You're always welcome. So I hope everybody knows that. That's yeah, a silly thing to get feedback on. Like the whole reason we do this is to invite these travelers to join us. Yeah, we're telling stories by the fire. This is, you know, continuing the the the, the classic traditions. You know, it's it's what we do. This is this exactly. is what it's all about. So yeah, exactly, please join exactly. Us. We're, we're going on eerie travels. That's the whole point. This is so that you'll go on your own eerie travels and share them with us and let us know so we can share them with the world. That's what all this is about. So, yeah, no, exactly. This is fun. So let's 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 talk about things. Do you have any news? Oh, I do. I do. So uh, let's let's get that breaking news. You know, wonderful thing that Callie found for us. And now the news. All right. So <laughs> this, yeah, I love that. I, 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 this is London. No, okay, I'm not. <laughs> You're so fancy here. I know. All right. No. So, uh, some time ago, I was on another podcast called Into the Fray, and uh, I was on it promoting one of the new books. But we actually had a wonderful new cryptid that I broke the story on. Um, wow. And the reason I broke story is a friend of ours who was a, uh, she studies dogmen and werewolves. Uh, her name is Sally Gage. Uh, and then she uh, has written several books on, on werewolves and lycanthropy and dogmen and stuff like that. She was heading up north and coming out of Florida and she saw something strange that, and so she immediately remembered her friend, the creepy Florida guy and said, hey, Mark, you know, I saw something that I can't explain. And so she sent me this description of this encounter where she was on the road. And as she was driving up the road around I-10 Jacksonville area, because we, we love our Jacksonville, yeah. uh, is also kind of a wild area. They, she saw a creature come out of the woods towards her car on the interstate doing 70 miles an hour this creature looked like a horse made out of kudzu vines and at first she is a very big horse lover and so she thought it might be a horse in distress that had been entangled in those vines mm -hmm. but then she realizes it's keeping up with her car at 70 miles an hour and it doesn't have legs it's literally floating beside her so it is some sort of nature spirit uh sally is also of the Mikasuki tribe and has a lot of spiritual knowledge and stuff like that and anyway so she sent that to me and you know and it ran off into the woods and okay. so didn't know what to do about it she called me told me about this weird incident and i have a folder where i keep all the unique occurrences emails and stuff that people send us and uh, I've had that for decades and uh, it'll, and it's just getting bigger now that Erie travels is getting emails. Um, and, uh, but if it's just a one shot, you know, I didn't say much about it. I just, it was just one of those I noted it and, uh, she's not one for making up stories. So it was, you know, it was definitely cool. Okay. Well then two weeks later, 
I get an email from a truck driver who is in the same area. And he says, you're not going to believe what I saw. I heard you on Coast to Coast AM and uh, and uh, this is and this is right up your alley. I was driving out I-10 and my semi almost got hit by what looked like a horse made out of vines that ran, almost ran into my truck. And I was wow. doing about 90 miles an hour, even though I wasn't supposed to, uh, you know, because I was trying, you know, but so he admitted all this stuff. Yeah. And now, so now I'm thinking, all right, now this is as big as her truck. It is now as big as this guy's semi, uh, where she said it was over her truck. So this would have been about the same height. This is almost in the same area, maybe five miles off of the area she saw it. Wow. Uh, yeah, which she might have been mistaken. He might have been mistaken. But the fact two weeks later, he mails me this. I haven't told anybody about the first thing. Is there something going on? So I contact a Bigfoot hunting team. They get out there. They, I don't tell them exactly what they're looking for because I can't convince a Bigfoot hunting team to go host looking for a ghost horse with vines. But I did tell them, I think there might be an animal in distress. It might be a horse that might be entangled in some vines. I also tell them, you know, it could be something else, something unusual. Well, they went out there. They found some squatch sightings. They found some other stuff, but they did not find anything about our, you know, what I started calling the kudzu kelpie. Uh, because I just, I, it needed a name, right? I found it. You know, I, I'm the one who's combined these two stories. I got to give it a name. Oh, uh, I love so, that you named it. And, uh, Carrie started drawing it because, you know, we had all these descriptions and now that kind of sat for a little bit. I did talk about it on a few shows, including that into the fray and a few other things. And I've just been sitting on that for a while. It was going to be in a future book. It probably still will be, but now I have some breaking news because I got another email of a recent sighting in the same area. And this was from a train conductor. And he, I get a lot of emails from train conductors. They see a lot of unusual stuff. They're usually Bigfoot sightings. Uh, this guy was in that same general forest area and where they had just, they're doing construction, building a big Amazon distribution center. And that may be what's stirring all this up. If you've stirred up a nature spirit by doing all this logging and construction, of course. Um, but he was on the train line and saw the same exact description of the creature. But this one had legs too. Uh, and it was running alongside the train, which was, you know, doing about 50 miles an hour. Wow. And kept up with the train for a bit before steering off into the woods. So that's three independent sightings. Now, he had also not heard any of the other times I discussed it. And he wanted to know what I thought it was. So I'm looking into the area. There are some potential native spirits that were described in that area as nature spirits that were horses and things like that. So very unusual story. And you know, it's fascinating when you think about, um, you know, we talk about like mother nature and stuff. There's so much stuff we just don't understand. Right. So you talk about infringing on some of the natural things is, there are, are there protection spirits that come out and, you know, you say that, and then it kind of makes me wonder a little bit about, you know, Bigfoot skunk ape. We're going to get into those later. Right. But are there such a thing as protection spirits? We, we covered the dragons before and the snakes and some of the things living in the caves, right. That would appear and disappear. But I almost wonder if you could correlate them to times when changes were being made to the natural environment by 
man generally, because we're the ones that alter the environment to fit us, besides beavers, of course, that also do that. But us and beavers are the ones that, you know, alter the natural environment to fit what we want it to be versus living within the natural environment. <laughs> I just got very philosophical on that, Mark. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So. No, that's that's so bizarre. Well, I hope I hope that there are others that choose to look into this because I think it would be brilliant if such a creature was out there and existing and trying in its way to communicate with us because it doesn't look like it's causing damage. Like it's not doesn't appear to be trying to hurt anything. Correct. Right. Right. It does not. It, it, it just apparently is like chasing you away. You're too close. Like it's defending a nest area or something like that. That's what I was kind of kind of picturing. So interesting okay yeah. so what what the hell are we supposed to be talking about this week because i was so thrilled by that I've, I've been digging into that for all week so what are we supposed to talk about so i'm about to cut piss you off i can already tell oh no about to get an argument so here we go i on the other podcast you know that you co-host with me on drinking with authors we were yes. talking about are you i ask sometimes the authors what paranormal creature they would want to be right mm, and yeah, get all that. kinds of things one person even said a minotaur which is like totally threw me off but um the subject of vampires came up and which vampire would they want to be right all right and it caused a whole because there's drinking involved a whole chain reaction for me to come up with a theory that let's not send erica on this podcast hate mail like that's not a thing that we should do um, but the fact is, is that I think twilight vampires may actually legitimately be the strongest vampires in any sort of stories, wow. any sort of stories, twilight sparkly vampires. And I'm not saying this is a twilight fan. What? I know there's millions of fans, but I, I think I may be right, and I want to debate this with you because you know all the vampires as well, but I think I may be correct that the Twilight vampires may be the strongest. Wow, this this has thrown me for a curveball, but um, okay, okay, so you're saying fictional vampires. Fictional vampires. The, the Twilight vampires. Yep. Would take out all the other vampires. Take out all the... Uh, and it's not like a battle of that, but in a way, yes. So, right. you ready? All right, all right. Let's 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 hear this argument before I I dissect it and 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 figure so, out why my brain is not working right now. Yeah, I know it's the glitter part. But if you think about it, first of all, and I want you to think about all the vampires and all the strengths and weaknesses the vampires have. Right? Twilight vampires can and do go out in the sunlight with no harm to them. The reason they try to stay in the cloudy areas and stuff is because their skin sparkles like rubies per the books, right? There's a little, little hazy in the movies, but the books say their skin sparkles like rubies, which gives them away for being what they are. But there's no problem with them walking in the sun. They don't get burned. They don't burn alive. There's no injury, right? Okay. So look at, first of all, how many vampires we eliminate just on that premise, right? Okay, so that, yeah, that, that automatically, any of the ones that would normally 
you know, can't handle sunlight. But that doesn't mean that they're out of the fight because they can still take them out in the, you know, in the during the night. You know. True, true. So let me continue. Okay. They can cross over running water. They can swim. There's no problems there, right? So some pretty old school vampires we can we can eliminate because they can just cross over water no matter what time of day it is. Okay, that 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 does weaken Dracula quite a bit. Does dramatic yeah. weakening of Dracula. So there's that. They're not allergic to garlic or anything like that. Where there's that takes a me out. Yeah, I know you're out of the but they've already won against you. Yeah, yeah. They are not, um, they don't have an aversion to garlic, right? Okay, here's another big one. This is a huge one. Ready? They cannot be staked through the heart. Okay. I did not know order, that about them. In order to kill them, because they are almost statue-like. Look at any of the battles and stuff. Even in the first thing, you have to literally have the physical strength to rip them apart and then burn the pieces. Okay. 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 So yeah, look, so they are I, look, vulnerable see, to fire. I see your but... brain. I can see your brain. Others can't, but I can see like I'm about to break it. I'm no, so they, close. They can be burned, but they have to be ripped apart first. Exactly. They and if you touch fire to them, they don't just like like, like they they have to be cooked basically, yeah. right? Next thing, I, I'm going to keep going on this. I know this is impressive. So they're statue like, but the strength it takes to do that to them is huge it's not like just a human and you're ripping off a flesh arm right yeah. which is not an easy thing to do is despite what it looks like in the movies exactly they don't have to sleep they don't go to ground daylight doesn't take them out mm. right okay they never have to sleep they're never in a vulnerable position ah so all right so I, there's more I'm not I, even... yeah keep going because i am i am intrigued because i know n very minimal about uh twilight uh thankfully uh okay. but uh you know, i'm gonna I, take I, that I, personally but i'm gonna continue I continue yes okay they can eat animal blood and sustain themselves on it they said it's like eating tofu but they can legitimately purposefully survive on animal blood yeah like we can survive on crickets but not necessarily the best thing it's true, but there are some vampires that can't survive on animal blood, right? Yeah. yeah. They also have um, superpowers. You have ones that can read minds. You have ones that can see the future. You have ones that can use electricity. You have ones that have smoke that come out of their things that can kill people, that can create pain. Like, not every single one of them, but a ton of them legitimately have superpowers. That are above and beyond the what these things are. So vampire X-Men. Yeah. Okay. And they can hide themselves in society. Well, yeah, a lot easier if you're not bursting into flame, you know, but still and going out in the daylight because you you'll 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 dazzle them. I know, but they're that's yeah. that does not make them weak. It just makes no. them sparkly. Yeah. Like makes them easy so, to spot with a you know with a with a with a scope. Uh, but, uh, exactly. but they don't die they from have gunshots. So. Super seeing, smelling, and hearing. Like a lot of vampires do have that. Some don't. I mean, they can see 
huge distances and move super duper fast. Okay. Well, I, I, I still think Blade would take them all out in a second. Uh, I don't think so because, first of all, Blade's a half vampire. So let right. me just, we can go down that path. But, and then, um, what was the last thing? Oh, they um, uh, apparently are very wealthy, all of them, all the time. So, well, yeah. But, but I want you to think about it. What other vampires have that sort of situation? Because you go down the list of most vampire movies, right? Now, Blade is a superhero type vampire and yeah. he has all this training and he has the weapons and stuff like that, right? So he'd have the flamethrower and he'd have the, 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 the goggles or whatever that would spot but him. But he, he is squishy. He's pretty squishy to kill too. Because, I mean, he's been... Wolverine cut him up and he still came back and 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 survived. I am discussing not I, comic books. I'm just friend. saying Blade's been in movies. So, you know, um, um, I would say, yeah. Okay, so you're throwing Blade out and he's a superhero. Well, he's he would be that level. It would be that level, I guess. But there's one of him. Yeah, I would, I would, I, it would have to be Hunter's because you're right. I don't think there are many other vampires. You know, I was actually thinking the vampires in Blade 2 that are, they have, they've been genetically modified so they can't be ripped apart. They can go out in the sun. Uh, they, you know, they have, they do the pump, they do the predator thing to, to eat blood and stuff. And they, they are very, very strong. Uh, they have like an extra rib cage so that they can't be staked. Um, so they would be pretty impervious and they would be a good fight. That would be a good fight to watch. But again, they can only go out in sunlight limited. Um, exactly. Uh, what's the... And they have to rest. Yeah. I mean, I go back to... You know, there are some other types of vampires that might... Uh, there's a great movie. Uh, it was one of the Hammer films, which you know, we could do a whole thing on the Hammer films uh, and the vampires in those. They, you know, they, they started with Christopher Lee's Dracula and all that. They stuck with pretty much Von Helsing fighting vampires, vampire circus, vampire lovers, where they got into uh, Elizabeth Bathory and all that. It was hot lesbian action, which was always fun. Uh, but uh, they, they did one movie called Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter. And they got this guy who looked a lot like Michael York, who was, you know, but it wasn't Michael York. He was like, you know, you know when you ordered Michael York from Wish, uh, and for those who don't know Michael York, he was a swashbuckling hero of the 70s. He starred in the Three Musketeers movies and a bunch of others. Well, they Hammer decided, we're going to do this. We're going to mix Three Musketeers, which was super popular at the time, with their vampire series. And so they've got this guy who was a swashbuckling sword guy, and he hunts vampires. But the vampires he fought were ones that did not drink blood, but drained youth. They were like energy vampires like our wonderful colin robinson and what we do in the shadows now there's a guy who might be able to uh uh take out the twilight vampires all by himself just by boring them to death no it's uh, true, but i'm talking traditional vampires i don't disagree and i'm glad you came up with some weirdo movie that we're gonna have to list in our show notes <laughs> and i i in a way kind of hope to spark the debate with our listeners who yes. some of them i'm sure i've made 
thoroughly mad and are seething listening to this podcast. And it's not because I'm like team Edward or team Jacob, you know, Um, it's because sitting down realizing that the way these were written, they were written in a way that they were very like traditionally vampire drink blood, blah, blah, blah. But they're written in a way where they're pretty impervious except for to each other. And maybe the werewolves in that, or the wolves, I should yeah, say, yeah. they're werewolves. They change, but they change into wolves and not. Ah, I yeah. prefer the hybrid werewolves, which we'll do we a separate do. episode on werewolves and zombies. Yeah, we'll, we'll do yes. werewolves. Yes, but don't worry, um, dog soldiers fans. I, I know, but those wolves are huge. Yeah, like if you look at them, they're the size of like Clydesdales and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. You take out one of these vampire wolves. Yeah, yeah. Normally, it takes more than one of them. So coming to this realization, I was just like. A little bit like what the hell like oh yeah. how did that happen that these yeah. are the most powerful vampires in literature they're definitely very op uh and uh yeah now literary vampires there are some that could take it out if we're going literature uh i would go right back to my favorite book series of all time bureau 13 by the late great nick Pilata. uh they had a vampire there who was called vampire x and okay. he was a vampire that was in Hiroshima when the bomb went off. And so he was considered an unkillable by Bureau 13, which is basically X-Files with heavy artillery. Um, And he had the power of anybody who dies within a five mile radius of him becomes one of his vampire thralls. So he doesn't have to drink your blood. He doesn't have to do anything if you just die. So one of the things was there was a school bus crash near him and suddenly he had an army of school kids that could you know were vampires but he was also unkillable because the the bomb had radiated him and made him so different so i gotta go a little obscure but that's you know that's, that's probably super obscure but again I, I i mean i'm sure there are some examples but if you take like this got made into a movie we talk about movies yep. and tv shows which after the break we're going to talk I about some of our stick favorites movies. Yeah, movies. movies. Otherwise, yeah, and TV shows. Some obscure book could have somebody really powerful and all that, but and send it to us if you know it. But oh, please, yeah, prove me wrong. Like that's what I want now. Can you prove me wrong, Mark? That these guys are potentially the most strong vampires. I would say uh, right now, off the top of my head, unprepared. Yeah, top tier. I I cannot with with you describing those situations. Um, you know, it would have to be something, you know, godlike to take them out. You're a demigod vampire. And I'm sure there are those out there that uh, are eluding me. I would say still give me a Buffy or a Blade and they might not have a rough time of things because they always find ways. Well, uh, you take Buffy and I, don't trust me, I'm a huge Buffy fan. Yeah. And I love Buffy. But Buffy is steak. Like she's used to being able to light them on fire, push them in the sunlight or use a sort of a like wooden object to do that. Yeah. Like she blade, I get with the sword and there's like the way he's represented in movies and the well, comic got, books. You know, adamantium, like, vibranium and all that fun stuff and, yeah. and all that. But yeah, you know, but Buffy, I mean, she took out that one guy who had never been killed and couldn't be killed by anything forged. And then she realized, oh, a rocket launcher. Yeah, uh, you know, because that's not forged. And, I'm just yeah. saying that if you put her against one of these, I don't know, unless she had a lot of time to prepare for it That's, specifically like that. It's the classic argument, Batman with, Batman with time to plan, 
It's Buffy with Giles behind her. Yeah, that. But you're key. talking about. Here's the thing, though. You're not talking about whether or not Twilight guys are the strongest of the vampires. No. You're talking about whether hunters can take them out. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, it would have to be a hunter team. I don't think. I think you're right. I hate to say it. I think the other vampires are. What? Uh, I didn't hear that, Mark. Say that again. Erica is right. I Woo! believe the other vampires would be at a severe disadvantage. The only plus I think would be if they team up uh, and 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 use some of their powers combined to defeat these young upstarts that are all sparkly. I I need some sort of theme music here, Callie. When we when we your producer join us on the second half, but I'm gonna need some sort of Erica came up with the theme music. (laughs) Dun dun. I think on that note, I'm going to let Mark have a little bit of a break. Yeah. He needs to refresh himself so we can come back and we will be back with our favorite vampires after this commercial break. Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. We're back. Um, we had to defibrillate I'm, Mark. He's I'm back. feeling a little better. It was uh, <laughs> I was on the ropes there, gang. It was pretty bad. I've been beat. Yeah, it was. It was what rough. I think is the best is I'm not in Florida right now, so you yes. can't like come over and yep, yep. create no, a I can't, problem. Can't but... do what I need to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this would have been. Uh... Yeah. So, wow. So okay, talk... I have to. I have to. I have to bleach my eyes and ears and we have to talk about you know vampire movies that are worth people's times so you know that's that's true because i was not necessarily saying the movies were the best so they are there they are what they are they are a time yeah. capsule of an era uh same with the books you know there is a reason they sold a lot yeah you know, you know but- and i have my own love hate relationship with twilight as anyone who's in my life will tell you there i survived the first two with the aid of riff tracks so you know my mystery <laughs> science theater version so well i uh, me and one of my very best friends have a a ritual that when we hang out because we live in different states 
We'll sit, eat good food, talk about what's going on in our lives and play movies one, three, four, and five in the background. We skip two for many, many reasons, but let's not talk about Twilight anymore because I, I need okay. you to survive this episode, Mark. Yeah, please, please. So instead, let's talk about what our top five favorite vampire movies are. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I can let's, definitely Let's do start that. at number five. And because I was so brutal in the first half, I will let you go first. Really? Oh, you're yes. so kind. You're so kind. <laughs> so um, um, I want to, you know, I would say, you know, as much as I mentioned that one, the Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, it is probably one of my top five go-to fun movies for vampires because he has this, he's a swordsman. He's got this hunchback you know giles type you know von helsing that is his his mint you know his his he's the guy in the chair basically but he's the guy in the stagecoach he rides the stagecoach okay. uh and they travel the countryside hunting vampires and they have all these crazy unique ways of catching vampires like they bury dead frogs in jars and if a vampire walks across it they go back up they dig up the jar and the frog's alive so it's it's that way they can track them. It's really crazy lore they're throwing in. It's very obscure British lore and German Germanic lore and all that. And uh, the one they rescue this one Romani girl uh, who is done by the great Caroline Monroe, uh, who is a goddess in her own right. Uh, and yes, and she's still doing the tours on convention circuits. So uh, she's gonna be at Mad Monster, I believe. Uh, so I'm excited to possibly meet her finally. Very um, cool. But. Uh, she uh is there and she's talking to the hunchback guy and going how do you what are you doing and she's she's like i thought they only came out in the day i thought you could only you know stake them through the heart and he's like my dear there are more types of vampires in this world than there are types of flowers uh and i love that because it is true if we follow all the folklore legends and all that again like we talked about the dragons episode there's a word for vampire in almost every place in the world and every one of them is different and uh it's very very cool and so that's why i love that that movie did that and their vampires in that one were stealing youth so they weren't yes. they weren't drinking blood they would stare at these young girls and the next thing you know they were young and healthy and she was this old lady dying uh so yeah. it was it was pretty cool show and again ends with a great sword fight and he's got a sword with a mirror in the blade so which was cool so well, that sounds very cool. I haven't seen it, so I'll have to watch it. Um, we are going to post these top five lists so that everybody can argue with us about it. Um, my number five is kind of a, uh, another one that a lot of people don't think about, but I love this time period and I love these actors, which is a movie called Transylvania 65000. Oh, the great and, Gina Davis. Yes, Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum. Um, it was made in 1985. It also has Ed Beckley Jr. in it. It's got a, this ridiculous cast of people. And oh, it's man. about these um, reporters who are like, um, uh, what are they called? Like tabloid reporters Yeah. Um, who are assigned to get a scoop on the Frankenstein monster. And they've been caught on video. Yes. Yes. And it is cheesy as hell. Yes. But there is a vampire in this movie and it just brings me sheer entertainment every time I watch it. So it's super cheesy. They go through this adventure. I'm not going to say what, what they find, whatever. Um, but there, 
there there may be a you know i don't know a, a pretty sexy vampire oh yeah it's gina it's davis that. in an outfit that made elvira blush yes so, exactly so and um and the, her and uh jeff goldblum began kind of a romance during that so a real one so well was, no they began their romance during the fly the fly right but this yeah. is where, this and was then kind they, of their honey this was their honeymoon picture that's right so and they, yeah i they don't earth even, girls are easy i think earth girls are easy which is ridiculous you know and i love earth girls are easy one of my favorite movies too i will i will tell you just to give a, a sense of time scale this was back when we saw dial up internet and I remember waiting minutes to download a very low res video or, or, or like three screens, which we would call like a GIF now uh, or a GIF. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah but uh, they, the, they, of, of that bit where she opens her cape to, to bite at him. Yeah. And it's just, it's, that was, oh man, that was, you know, I waited for that and I gladly waited for that. That was <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, no, she is absolutely beautiful. And I, I have to say for Gina Davis, I absolutely love what she's done for women in the film industry, which is a totally yeah. separate topic. I'm not going to go very far. No, but no, Gina but Davis, she's... you have my absolute admiration and praise for everything and, you've done. And throwing Joseph Bologna as the mad scientist in it just you know, is, is one of the, just the greatest casting choices of all time. So agreed, agreed. Okay, what all is right. your number four? Uh, number four, um, man, you know, I always, everybody gets mad at me because I always go classic. Um, uh, but I will, I promise there are some modern ones in here. Um, but, um, I've got to go number four for me is probably, oh gosh, it's, it's a tough toss up because it's been remade a few times. Okay. But I've got to go with last man on earth. Okay. With Vincent Price. Um, based on the amazing book, I Am Legend. Uh, and it's about a man, the world, it's basically a zombie apocalypse, but a vampire apocalypse. The vampires have taken over the world and there's one guy left and it's Vincent Price. And he's a scientist trying to come up with a cure. His children are taken away. It's very post-apocalyptic. It's just this character study and it's amazing. It was remade a few years later as Omega Man with Charlton Heston and again uh, it was a bit more 70s and a little different but um but again what another great movie to watch and then of course it was remade recently with I Am Legend which is not worth Will watching. Smith. yeah don't don't even bother that one uh if you can watch those original two either one you're gonna love the best I hate that I'm kind of cheating but I would say definitely I am uh the uh the original last man on earth is incredible uh, Vincent Price really earning those that paycheck in that one for a low budget film and watch that and then go watch Walking Dead and you'll realize how much was influenced by that and and it's incredible and it, it, he is literally one of those last man on earth types where he did the right prepping he did the right things and he goes out every day staking people and the original book the Richard Matheson book that it's based on that is probably the closest to it. I think at yeah. one point Schwarzenegger was tied. They were going to try to do a new modern version of it and they never did. But um, I'm kind of glad, you know, that that didn't hit, especially since the way the Will Smith one hit. But yeah, pick up the book and pick up, pick up that movie. It's free to watch on YouTube. So there you go. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. My number four 
um, Underworld. The yeah. Underworld series. They're, I, ex they're excellent. Yeah, they are so much fun. And they remind me, because me and you are both gamers, very much of, even though I shouldn't say this because of all the lawsuits back and forth on this, of the White Wolf Vampire, it reminds me very much of a true equal balancing between vampires and werewolves. Yeah. yeah. And I actually like the storyline. I love the actors and um, they're, they're pretty badass coming up with things like ultraviolet bullets and liquid silver bullets and all this kind of like modernizing the weaponry yeah. <laughs> that they use and things like that. So I think the underworld series is, a, I'm going to say the series, but the first one to me is a lot of fun and the love story that kind of gets entwined with it i thought they did a very good job with that because it wasn't like oh my gosh i fell head over heels blah 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 like that's not how that works so it i think that one happens to be a pretty fun one yeah no no it's it's amazing it's amazing and uh um yeah i, I love that one yeah so, so it's a that. more modern one sorry i was all good i'm, like I'm, I'm hitting the modern one my next one is the 20s there there mark so my next one is a modern one. Okay, what is your next one? Uh, my next one is Let the Right One In. Oh. In this one. This is, there are, There was an American remake, but the original is incredible. There's this young kid who has a, you know, there's a kid next door that they are trying to become friends with, but it's very quiet, very things like that. And when they finally get to know them a little bit, She's got this old man living with her. It's her grandfather. Well, it turns out the grandfather is her rainfield. And she's oh. a vampire. And she's actually centuries old. Uh, and so it's the friendship of a young child with this ancient child vampire. And oh. dealing with the passing of the rainfield and her going to realize she's going to be the new Rainfield and adjusting to that life. Uh, it's an incredible movie. Uh, the American version is pretty solid, uh, but that OG is, oh man, it, it tugs at all the right places. It tugs at all the right strings. I, um, yeah, emotional and scary. It is brutal. So it is definitely not one for the squeamish. Uh, you know proper gore in that one so and it's swedish so you know just be prepared so very cool mine is gonna go completely in opposite direction not surprising okay we're gonna go back in time again a few of mine go back in time to this time period um it's a 1985 movie again it stars jim carrey and oh Lord Hutton. it is yes, called Yvonne little one spitten yes and it is about a vampire in hollywood california who's played her name is the countess played by lauren hutton and she has to drink the blood of a virgin yep and jim carrey happens to be that virgin and it's a very 80s movie and he's got a girlfriend and he's a nerd and it's uh just like one of my favorite characters is lauren hutton's um sort of right-hand person whose name is Sebastian. Cleavon Little from Cleavon Blazing Little. Saddles. Oh my God, I love him. But it is such 
a fun movie because it brings all these vampires and sort of the vampire cliches, but it's very much an 80s movie too. Like has the music, has the fun, and she's trying to lure him in. She has to bite him three times in order yeah. for this the classic take. Yeah. Or she ages. So that's how she stays young is by drinking the blood of a virgin. And it is not um, one of those movies that you have to worry about a lot of gore. Yep. <laughs> I would not say it's a horror movie, but, and, you know, it doesn't have great ratings on IMDb, but I am a huge fan of some of these cheesy. And again, it was cutesy. one of those 80s ones you rented all the time. Uh, it didn't have boobs but it had a lot of cleavage. So we were good with that. So, and yeah. Warren Hutton, you know, man, she was, she was beautiful in that. And uh, the young girl, uh, she was in a few other movies and she was pretty cute at the time. Um, there was, um, yeah, there was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And but, uh, they, she had all these young other... Jim Carrey, you know, yeah. before he was anybody. So yeah, Jim Carrey, he was also in earth girls are easy. So I'm just going to do a call back to that. And he was yeah. brilliant in Earth Girls Are Easy too. Yeah. With Damon Wayans. And um just so much fun. Just so much fun. So one spitten is my number three. What is yeah. your number two, Mark? Now it gets tricky because I love my goofy vampires. I love comedy vampires like One Spitten. Um, I do love, you know, um what we do in the shadows. I think that is probably one of the best, but I it's 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 a fun go-to, but it's not one I watch over and over again. Um, but with the silly vampires, I've got to go with another one where it was three bites and all that. And it was called love at first bite. And oh, it yeah. is probably my favorite Dracula. The big joke being that it was played by George Hamilton. who was the tannest man alive playing Dracula, usually the palest man alive. He does full on Bella Lugosi tributes. He does full on, they, they tribute everything in this. And again, it's him in the 80s trying to survive. And it's actually a very faithful adaptation of him coming to the uh, another world. He's, he travels by plane. He's trying to figure things out and he's, he's out of date. And, uh, but he's fallen in love with a, a model that he's fell in love with in a magazine and decided to travel to New York to recruit her and become his bride. And she's dating a descendant of Von Helsing. Of course. So, of which course. is played by the great Richard Benjamin, who is now a psychiatrist. <laughs> and it's incredible. And, and, and he's trying to figure out how to kill him all these different ways. And, you know, he keeps, you know, would you like some garlic? You know, you know, and all this, as he keeps confronting him, as he's trying to defeat, defend his own sanity. And the best thing is at one point, he's like, he does this great scene where he's like, I, the second way to kill a vampire, count three silver bullets through the heart. Bam, bam, bam. And, and in front of everybody in this fancy restaurant and all this and people are panicking and she passes out and Dracula, you know, great George Hamilton leans over and goes, no, Dr. Rosenberg, that is a werewolf. Yeah, and as he's being, and he goes like, really? Oh, I didn't know that. And then and then he gets arrested and he's like, no, it's okay. See, he's fine. That was for a werewolf. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Great movie. And uh, the great Artie Johnson is Rainfield. You got to have a good Rainfield. So. You absolutely do. You absolutely do in order to make that. Okay. You ready for my number two? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm doing it again. We're, we're, we're staying in this time period. All right. But this one is actually a horror movie. Lost Boys. 
Oh yeah, that is a classic. Yes, Lost Boys. I love Lost Boys. Um, you know, it it is definitely, you know, it's got the Corys in it. It's got, um, gosh, Patrick. Um, oh my goodness, his name's escaping me right now. Of course it is because um, I'm, you know, talking. And Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. It's got um, Jason Patrick. It's got yeah. Jamie Gertz. It has Alex Winter. Alex Winter. Yeah, it has so many people in it. And Tim Capello on the saxophone shirtless because why not? Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> what you do. That's what you do. But I love it because um, you know you got to go with the ending line. The only problem with uh, what is it, Santa, Those Santa, Santa Clara. Santa. Clara, all the yeah, goddamn vampires is all the damn vampires which is funny because one of my zombie things is going to come up is santa clara diet oh. so i think um it's some it's a movie i will watch over and over and over again because it does and it did back then have that element of teen angst and the love story and all of that but it was a horror movie about these vampires. Oh right? yeah, it, it, it didn't pull punches on the vampires. You know, and we talked no. about these comedy vampires and all that. It did not pull punches. It was brutal. Um, uh, and uh, you know, and the, the little kid in the Civil War outfit, you know, uh, yeah. all that. It was, um, and then the twist. I'm not going to give that away. Don't give the twist away. 50 years old, almost. Uh, no, not quite that old. But it's it is an older movie. But it is. Yeah. It is still amazing. Yeah, I, I highly agree. That is definitely up there for one of my favorites. I would put it up with uh, From Dust Till Dawn on my list for just fun vampire movie that, you know, just turn your brain off and enjoy. Uh, but I, I always thought the co cool thing was, you know, they kept implying that the grandpa was a vampire. Yeah. He slept all day and he did all this. And I still think he was. No, it it is entirely, entirely possible the yep. way they did that, right? Yep. And the so, Frog Brothers. You can't beat the Frog Brothers. Some of the best vampire hunters in history. So so true. So true. So, okay, what's your number one? Okay, everybody's going to think Bella. Everybody's going to think Nosferatu. Everybody's going to think all these classics from me. Um, my favorite vampire movie of all time. Sadly, those guys didn't make the cut. They're in the top 10, obviously, but they didn't make the cut. Uh, the Hammer films. I, I, I did my Captain Kronos. I do love vampire lovers. I do love vampire circus. And, uh, you know, all the Draculas with Christopher Lee are amazing. Um, but my favorite of all time has got to be the original Fright Night. Oh. With uh, every, the, the amazing cast, the amazing story, um, 80s gold you know, the horror host by Roddy McDowell, you know, playing a hammer horror hero, basically, uh, who hosts horror movies in a town. And then the little kid, Charlie Brewster, next played by uh, um, William Ragsdale, you know, next next door neighbor in the creepy house next to him moves in and starts killing prostitutes. And it's a vampire. And um, he goes to his only friend who watches all the real horror, scary horror movies and might know how to fight him whose friend is a uh, famous evil Ed, mm -hmm. which was very identifiable to us kids in the eighties who knew monsters and stuff like that. So, and then here's this charming vampire and it's um, played by Jack Skellington himself. Uh, you know, so um, uh, Chris Sarandon and it's uh, incredible. There's yeah. um, 
there's a, a great soundtrack atmosphere is incredible they follow a lot of the myths the legends the lore and some of the props were made they had went over budget uh because uh ragsdale hurt himself on one of the early scenes so there's a lot of scenes where they kind of see him and roddy mcdowell kind of just go off scene they're actually falling off scene because he was propped up so they could just yeah, fall <laughs> off scene uh but it's it's incredible if you haven't had a chance to watch it watch that original one the second one is great too uh it was a direct video sequel uh and then they did a remake with david Tennant recently doing the roddy mcdowell role and uh it wasn't bad either but that og is incredible and um i will watch it every day to my dying day and be happy so i I love that, actually. I love that. That didn't, you know, I it is one of my favorites. It is not my favorite favorite. Um, of course, I love watching Interview with a Vampire. Um, I, I have my love-hate relationship with the Tom Cruise of that movie. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of those like that that I absolutely, Bram Stoker's Dracula, you know, we can call out to Dust Till Dawn. You brought that up before. Yeah, that is definitely a top 10. Blood sucking bastards like there's a bunch that we could go blade you oh, know but yeah, i didn't even get into the blades i was i was thinking about them but yeah but my absolute favorite to watch over and over again and i find new stuff in it every time is what we do in the shadows yeah i mean i do love it I just, the way they did, you know, anytime, and I, you know, I'm a huge fan of The Office. I'm a huge fan of Parks and Rec. So when they're doing these sort of mockumentary type series and they just do it so incredibly well and the cast, you know, one of your favorite people, which is Jermaine Clement. You oh know, man. Yes. You know, yes. These guys, yeah, are just so funny. The humor in this and the whole thought that these guys could legitimately have a bunch of people following them around and they're terrible vampires. They're actually oh, yeah. not even good vampires no. at all. And not like they're evil. They're just not great at doing it. But the werewolf element that they add, we're not talking about that very much. We have a different yeah. werewolf show. But I can watch that movie over and over and over and see something new every time I watch it. You it's know. got one of the sweetest love stories in a vampire movie. It's got um, the the whole rankings of vampires and all that. Uh, you know, it's it, it does it gives and gives and gives, and that's why I so love that they got the TV show, and they were able to expand the world of it. Yeah, and um, and you know, TV is a whole nother genre here and i think our producer has a chime in here so. oh no we're gonna talk about tv so that's what i was gonna lead me to what we do in the shadows tv show because it's my number one favorite movie we're gonna post these movies so you can argue with us and give us your top five and stuff like that and how we're horrible judges of movies but the what we do in the shadows tv show which is not the same as the movie it's different same universe, vampires, same universe. yeah is so hysterical oh. like Mm -hmm. just so well written that you you know I always love things that make you laugh they make you cry but one of the things I love the most is when you feel awkward yeah like for people like when you have oh, yeah. those different kind of emotions the kind of when you're watching movie. a tv yeah, show but without being cringy yeah yeah exactly but when you when you're able to look at the tv show and you feel awkward for the people and you're like because they they write it so well that you go oh they're gonna do x and why and you're like 
these people are just terrible. They're horrible at this. And you wonder how the hell they survive for any period of time. They like, have the other spinoff, which is uh, Wellington Paranormal. And if you haven't watched that, you're missing out. That follows the cops from the original movie. Uh, and oh. they're still in New Zealand and they're still investigating paranormal crimes. So they've got ghosts and and they bump into Nick, the vampire again. Uh, so so it, it ties back in. So if you haven't watched that one, that's the one everybody kind of lets slip because it was New Zealand television. And it's just now on HBO Max, but it's definitely very good, too. So um, we'll have to check that out. But our producer has jumped in. So I'm assuming yeah. it's me. Yeah. Yeah. You have a vampire you want to talk about that you want to talk about? I have a few vampires I want to talk about. First off, um, I think it's always important to talk about Buffy and Angel because yes. those vampires in that show have such like a story lore to them i i don't know it's just really interesting to me team spike what? team spike same team spike. we love spike yeah um yeah. hard to argue i i and, love that he had such a great character arc you know, oh, yeah one of the greatest character arcs in history of anything he's you know his his whole arc is absolutely is right up there couple, with like couple Zuko. Stumbles, but, yep couple stumbles but you know he's like up there with shakespeare type arcs so but yeah I that's zuko up there too yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that's a different episode different <laughs> day <laughs> that that is it's just between him and ranting. wesley i think wesley also has a great character arc too but uh, i would too if he didn't try to date a high schooler right when i yeah, met him right right off the bat you yeah, know but, that's uh, the worst there's some problematic stuff with all that but no but yeah. i love that it's a lovecraft world where demons once ruled the world mm -hmm. and then they bred with lesser things so that's why they're you know they're, they're all hybrids and that's very Lovecraftian, you know, that the real demons and the real gods are these big epic things and we don't ever want to see them. And that's the mm -hmm. whole point is the, the reason we have to learn the plural of apocalypse, thanks to Buffy. Yeah, absolutely. I also uh, love on that show that she can't have a birthday party. Like I, I just <laughs> watched this entire series again, like starting, you know, oh, yeah. and there are little things throughout that and like the musical that they ended up doing, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and this time with feeling, you don't realize that Xander says that throughout every single season. Yep. He says, and now, you know, and one now let's do it with feeling. Like he says that over and over again. And that's mm -hmm. what they made the musical based on and stuff. Like, I feel like that having the female protagonist during that time period, there's mm -hmm. so many sort of layers they had one of the first openly gay couples on a tv show and yep. it was done amazingly how they brought that up right um, absolutely where they love... were going here's here's a gay couple look at this gay couple we yep. brought a gay couple like it wasn't done like that no. where a lot of other shows were kind of like yeah, they did Deep it space they nine did it... had just done it the year before and made it a big deal and then this yeah. wasn't so uh but i did love that um you know, one of the big things about Buffy was, you know, at one point they made a, a mention of Xena in one of the early Halloween episodes because they were yes. they were following in Xena's footsteps as the first serialized kind of TV show with a female, strong female character. And Xena loved it so much that they made a joke about Buffy, uh, you know, Buffaya, the Bacchae Slayer. And then Xena had a whole vampire episode with the Bacchae which is the first, you know, I guess kind of literary vampires ever because Greek mm -hmm. literature talks about them. Um, and they did a joke about, you know, basically Bafia. And and then they did a musical episode in Xena. So that's why Buffy was like, they delayed their musical episode because they wanted to see what the Xena episode did first. 
And uh, and I love that there was a friendship, you know, and rivalry between those two shows. So I got to tell you, one of my favorite things that Buffy does with their vampires is they do briefly turn them into puppets. Now, granted, that's an Angel episode, but it's such a good episode. And it brings me to my second TV show that I want to talk about. And that's Middleman. Uh, Middleman is probably my favorite cult classic TV show. It's nobody like, knows. No, like me and my dad watched it when it was coming out on ABC Family. And I think we are like the only people who watched this show with Natalie Morales. And uh, it is just so good. I mean, it's every episode is a different I have monster. never heard of this. Oh, man. One of my it's favorite not shows. not on any of the streaming networks. It was ABC Family right before the Disney by you know disney ABC. actually you can get it on apple tv and amazon prime and okay. google play okay you do have They're to buy it purchase, separately not, yeah. Yeah. you have to buy it but but it is worth it worth it worth it worth it uh, or you could do like i do and maybe check websites or maybe get out uh, the uh, dvd uh, that you buy buy it buy it we are not <laughs> you can buy you can buy the dvd box set it's still available uh, yeah i would i would never rebel. advocate for piracy that County. sounds awful no but uh they actually it was amazing matt kessler and all that but they the vampires in that show are probably some of the funnest characters in it because there's a there's a there's a there's some vampire puppets they're both puppets are, to die for there's a there's a lady who's Little a succubus, and she runs the uh she's basically the devil wears prada she mm -hmm. really runs a fashion house that and she's a succubus and she all the models are reformed succubi and incubi uh and but she's their magic guru whenever they need help with magic problems um oh, wow. but she's the one who helps them they're they're trying to stop uh, a vampire apocalypse because somebody's buying all of Vlad the Impaler's artifacts and could could create the world uh, of vampires and their their job is the middleman is to go in and buy all the stuff and uh, keep it from being brought into reality and oh, I'll have to check that out because one of the uh, one of the things they buy is apparently Vlad the Impaler was a big fan of puppetry mm -hmm. and he had little Vladdy and it's a puppet and it goes beyond anything you can imagine so it's so good it's such a good show i the romance plot lines in it are incredible um yeah. the just really unique take on uh science fiction in it just yeah. it every it's just episode, a fantastic show every episode had a fun little like hiding bit where they would do running gag through it where mm -hmm. all their cover names and all the places they went were based on something really obscure sci-fi like one episode they're fighting an, an earth elemental so everything was like frank herbert high school so it was dune reference yeah and then they were you know and their names were you know characters from dune uh and then you know another episode everything was doctor who hidden because it was all about time travel and it's just it's a great show but the vampire stuff definitely amazing yeah episode. absolutely and i'm sure we'll get into zombies at some point and talk about the fish zombies that are in middle oh Man. yes yeah. Oh, but, yeah no no we are doing zombies separately absolutely yeah so, but you're on for but sure callie you have a favorite tv show with vampires i do and obviously i was building to that but thank yes. you yes uh true blood is probably i mean it's it's not good it's okay. let's be real it's not good but it's iconic oh I no love true blood. Uh, eric northman and pam are two of the best things in the they're universe. the two best oh, vampires yeah. in they history. can get it yes alexander skarsgård oh mm. yeah incredible the number of nude scenes he has 
it's well, the right know, number. And, and Pam, I have to say, like, oh, love I actually love so many, like, I'm going to be honest. I know a lot of people, you know, True Blood, whatever. I love, um, you know, I initially liked the Bill Compton character and all that, but I, I there was parts of it I, I started not being sort of able to stand anymore. It drove me crazy. But, like Bill Compton, I get it. Yeah, but it's okay. Um, but I have to do that every time I hear it. I have to say, like, I love the Pam character. I love the Lafayette character. Absolutely. Like there's some of these characters and in the different episodes, like a lot of people didn't like season two with the Maynard, Maynard. The Maynard, yeah. I love that. That was so- Season two was actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean the the season I didn't enjoy was what I refer to, and a lot of people refer to as the Billith season. Oh you know? my God, Billith! Disgusting. But what's funny is they came back the next season and all pretended like that never it happened. Didn't happen. Just, never happened. Oh, yeah, they were just like this, this guy wasn't God for a minute. We're not going to talk about that. There wasn't a naked, bloody vampire lady that no. possessed yeah. him. We're not going to talk about it. I but I think that, they did so well with again, how they portrayed the characters. And it was very much, um, it didn't exactly follow the books, which is fine by me. And that's a different subject because I don't love those books, but I'm I happy thought, they brought Lafayette back into the fold. With, well, they with the did show. because the, yeah. the outcry for it was like, uh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we all would have stopped watching, but I think that entertainment wise, um, True Blood and the people they got as the cast of that show and things like that were just, brilliant and it was very a very different take on what would happen if they did come into the light so to speak and vampires were integrated into human society there would be the same thing that we still see today on the racism and the you know anti-vamp thing and the fact that there is an overpowering with vampires so how do you balance that into a society and stuff like that i love absolutely uh, and of course it brought us deborah ann wall Yes. So as, a uh, as Jessica. Yes. Yeah. Maybe vamp Jessica. And and now a nerd icon. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I there are a lot of things I enjoyed about True Blood because this was like the formative show that I watched way too young. Um, so I really enjoyed the hierarchy, like the politics of the vampires that they had developed, like with the different kings and queens of each uh you know state and then within that they had the sheriffs in each of the like different territories within the states and very like vampire the masquerade it was yeah. very interesting um plus like they get into like this uh like drug narrative where like vampire blood becomes this drug and it becomes like part of what makes the vampires a little bit more like prey it kind of balances things out a little bit. Pockets has strong feelings about it too. Yeah, Pockets clearly. like public Pockets yeah. definitely doesn't want you talking about V. He what doesn't about, want Pockets said don't do drugs and we should listen to him. Yeah. Honestly. What about um uh vampire diaries and the originals. Ooh, yeah. Vampire um, diaries. So Ooh. I have to say for a CW program that came online, like it it is entertaining to work. Again, it doesn't follow the books. I'm kind of happy about that. Um oh. Uh, I think that Vampire Diaries was very interesting and the, the arc, the story arcs they had with those characters, because there was a lot of the drama and a lot of teen angst, but they did take the characters from origination points 
and really did build sort of a different ending. So when you get to the end of that show series, some of them moved on to the originals, which was the series created. I love Klaus. Um, but it it's very interesting how they went about doing that and the changes within the character. So you didn't just, you know, because a lot of these um, yeah. uh, sort of teenage TV shows don't have arcs for the characters that go very well and that, and that falls back to the og what i used to sneak home from school to watch which was dark shadows uh uh which was uh i would race home because my grandmother would watch general hospital and she couldn't see and she couldn't hear so i would have to act out the episodes for her i would watch them and then i would act out in her face the episode and get all the characters but the secret was the reason i did it was because they were showing reruns of Dark Shadows right after that. And my grandmother did not know that they were two different shows because I would watch them both and then react the whole show for her, both shows. And so she suddenly, General Hospital had vampires and stuff like that in it, uh, you know, with, uh, with uh, you know, the, the great, uh, the great classics. Um, I will say the show that though, that because that kind of tells you a little bit about who I was uh, and what, <laughs> what, what made me who I am. And but I will say they got to get you to act out this. Oh, that's how I became an actor and a storyteller. I got really good at doing the, the the side glance, you know, after you did the big reveal, and then you would do the turn, you know, and and you know, and, and, it's and, the and turn, and you got to gotta the hold the pose. Yes, yes, you know, it'd be like it'd be like, but I love you. <laughs> and you do that, <laughs> um, you know, uh, because you couldn't tell them, you know. But uh, so I got really good at that, but. I will say the 70s, there was a show because I was Mr. Nerd, the Mr. Sci-Fi show. There was Buck Rogers in the 20, you know, in the 24th and a half century, but 25th century. How are you bringing vampires into that? There was where an episode going? where there was a space vampire and it was literally Bram Stoker's Dracula in space. There's a ship, the Demeter, it crashes into the space station where the whole crew is dead and there's this creepy ass vampire and he drains Vel uh, Wilma and Wilma becomes this succubus trying to she becomes a bride of Dracula and Buck has to snap her out of it and it is probably one of the sexiest but also one of the scariest things of television in the early 80s and as a young me that blew my mind uh that it was such an epic adventure so if you want to look up the Buck Rogers vampire episode trust me you'll 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 see this creature. okay well and it's great though. I'm I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm going to say I think we got to start calling it because you are going down some weird paths. Yeah, weird rabbit holes. All right. Like so how we're talking about vampire shows and somehow you tie well, in Buck we gotta do a trip into this. We got to like, do a travel. So give me give me an extra minute. You guys hang with us just an extra couple of minutes. And I'll run a little long on this one. But man, I was thrown for a loop on the Twilight vampires could kick all the other vampires. But all right still winning dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun. Um, so there's a thing okay we all know abraham lincoln vampire hunter right that yeah was a, it was a the same guy who did zombies versus pride and prejudice you know he he got this epic contract so he kept churning out books um and this was his one and it you know got made into a pretty decent movie but there was a president who had a vampire uh what? had a connection to a vampire and it's actually lincoln's vice president Andrew Johnson, widely considered one of the worst presidents of all time because he showed up at Lincoln's inauguration drunk 
uh, as the vice president and was kicked out. He didn't really want to do anything. And Civil War is, you know, wrapped up. And um, he was brought on because Lincoln thought he needed someone from the South to represent so that it could help heal the nation. So he brought him on as his, you know, as his vice president, even though he'd run with Hamilton. Uh, um, and Johnson suddenly is now the president because Abraham Lincoln got shot. And okay. he does not know what to do. And so in 1892, there's a newspaper article that comes out. It's crazy uh, that uh, President Andrew Johnson basically proclaimed that there was a vampire in prison in Ohio and he is pardoning him what? of his crimes. Now, that is the article that came out in 1892. He said it happened in 1867, the article. But the real story is this this weird thing. So it was written about a few times. Charles Fort of the Fortean Times that would later be founded, uh, who was a big fan of writing paranormal stuff in the 1930s. He did this thing and he wrote a book called Wild Talents. And okay. it lists that President Johnson pardoned a man in 1867 who drank the blood of two sailors and and was was freed because Andrew Johnson liked this vampire. Okay, so where the hell can one travel to see anything okay. about this ridiculous? So he was humidity? sent to the National Asylum in Washington D.C. Uh, for he was a Portuguese sailor named James Brown, not that James Brown, but a Portuguese man named James Brown. And okay. he was charged with being a vampire and living on human blood. He was what there was a boat came into town, basically very much the Demeter, and they found a dead man and he was drinking his blood. And next to him was another man. Now that was that became famous. It was in occult lore, all this. And then somebody actually investigated this in the early 2000s and said, you know, is this real? Uh, but we found out he was actually a cook on a ship got into a fight with another sailor and stabbed the man and he was convicted of murder and his death sentence was later commuted by president johnson no mention of vampires no mention of multiple murders um basically it was an embellished story it was a you know a slow news day uh so they 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 did this they basically kind of made it up but like you do you know Question. but then some people say that's the cover story that he really was a vampire. And the reason Johnson freed him was because Johnson used him as a special agent to fight other vampires. And that actually became a book series called the president's vampire. Um, oh my gosh. Seriously. So, seriously. But you know, like I said, there is no records of the original murders. His original case was he stabbed a guy uh, do you drink blood? No. Do you do this? No. But that is the famous story. And you can visit the Washington Asylum, which is now uh, a museum. And you, where he was originally held was the Ohio Asylum, the Ridges, which is a super haunted building, which is now part of the Ohio University. And you can go there near Athens, Ohio and study that. But anyway, I had to bring a real historical vampire and give us a place to visit. Otherwise, we wouldn't be. Well, I'm going to give us a better, better place to visit. Okay. Uh, because there is a town in Georgia. I'm sorry, I have to go to a different place, right? All right. But there's a place called Covington, Georgia, which is actually where the original um, 
Vampire Diaries was filmed. And there is actually a place called the Vampire Stalkers of Mystic Falls. And there's tours. And this place was put together by Ian Summerholter. And he, you go there, he donates all the proceeds for different um, wonderful charities, but you can go there and see where the filming took place of everything and stuff like that. So um, you can go visit the amazing town where Vampire Diaries was filmed. And so you can, you can go and see that. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to throw out a different place. If you don't want to go to some wackadoo place that Andrew Johnson and his weirdo vampire stuff, there's only so much I could take from you in this episode, Mark. Understood. I'm sorry. I broke you because. No, no, it's fine. Oh. You, get the, you get the last word. I will say, see you on the other side and we'll let destiny play us out, but you get the last word on this one, Erica. The I'm last word is this. Don't send us hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> No, we would love to hear about your favorite vampires. We'd love to hear what your top five movies are. Please feel free to send us your um, listener tales. If you have a real vampire tale, we'd love to hear it. You can um, always send us something at at eerietravels.com. Just know if you send it to us, we're going to read it on the air. So change any names that you'd like us to change. And um, we will see you guys next time.